Welcome to Maker Mom, a podcast where I explore the stories of Maker Moms and the life they lead. Each week, I will bring you the behind-the-scenes story of a new Maker Mom. I'm Katie Freeman, a furniture designer and content creator running freemanfurnishings.com and your host of the Maker Mom podcast. You can find Maker Moms hanging out in the Facebook community at Maker Moms and on the web at MakerMomPodcast.com. If you love what you hear, please subscribe, leave a stellar review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know. Hello and welcome to episode 83 of the Maker Mom podcast. This week's guest is Christy of Oak Hill Millworks. It was really fun chatting with Christy. You're going to hear lots of giggles during the interview. Um, She is super fun. You definitely will want to wait until the end of the episode so you can find out how you can follow along with her. Um, You will not be disappointed for sure. Before we get into the interview, though, I want to give a shout out and thank you to all of the patrons over on Patreon. So thank you so much, Amy of Bison Valley Carving, Brandy Studio Obey, Kathy One Girl and Her Tools, Dan and Kelly of Reclaim Living Store, Ellen Little Bear Furniture, Ethan, Ethan Carter Designs, and Mary Lou Made by Mary Lou. Thank you all so very, very much for your patronage over there. If you are really enjoying the podcast and would love to do something to support it on a monthly basis, you can head on over to Patreon. That's just www.patreon.com forward slash Maker Mom Podcast. And you can check out all the different levels of membership you can have over there. There's a one, three, and five dollar a month level. And then you can also get your shout out as a thank you at the start of every episode. All right, with no further ado, here is Christy with Oak Hill Millworks. All right. Well, Christy, we start with, why don't you give a brief introduction about yourself? Okay, well, I'm Christy, and I am the person behind Oak Hill Millworks on Instagram. Um, Beyond that, I am a trained registered nurse, and I have two kids and a husband. We live in the Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania area. Okay, so most important question to me is, are you a Steelers fan? Heck yeah! <laughs> awesome. Steel City, baby. That's right. <laughs> so I am a Steelers fan, but I have never been to Pittsburgh, and I have never <gasps> been outside it. Well, I've been outside the state of Iowa, but I've never been to Pittsburgh. But yeah. oh man, that's <laughs> awesome. What? Well, so how are you a Steelers fan? Well, when you live in the middle of the country, you don't have your own team, <laughs> so <laughs> like it's Just kind pick. of. You just pick, and it so happened that my uncles picked the Steelers when they were younger, and then it just kind of took off through the rest of the family, so, yeah. I like those guys. They're good uncles. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right, well, let's go, before we dive into, like, you know, how'd you get your start making and stuff, let's go back to your your childhood. Uh, Where'd you grow up? What kind of things were you interested in? All right. I grew up in a little town that I currently live in, New Brighton, Pennsylvania. It's about 40 minutes north of the city. And my childhood, all right, here's context. I am the baby of four children. So my parents were a little tired by the time I came around. (laughs) Um, So I was pretty much raised by the woods, I would say. I spent most days playing outside, building forts. I had a sweet tree house. It was carpeted, had two windows that opened, a back door with a ladder and a trap door. I mean, and my dad would allow me to run an extension cord all the way from the house out to the woods so that I could rock a TV and a radio in it. Granted, the TV was like, I mean, we're talking like 1995. So the TV didn't really work that well, (laughs) but I was often found climbing trees, taking things apart. I loved seeing how things work. I was outside all the time. All right. So youngest of four, uh, brothers, sisters, mix of both. 
two sisters. My brother's the oldest. And he would say I was the closest thing he got to a little brother. <laughs> nice. nice. <laughs> uh, all right. So kind of just into, to me, that's like a real childhood, right? Just into like playing in the dirt, having fun, like. <laughs> it really was. It was just simple. It was simpler. And I, because we weren't, we weren't like dirt poor, but we didn't have a lot of money. And so you didn't have a lot of stuff to play with. So you just went outside and it afforded you the, the ability to use your imagination, which I think is lacking nowadays in kids because everything's just performed for you and you just consume it rather than create it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so what about uh, high school? Um, did that kind of continue? Were you uh, chilling out in your, like, you know, super crib of a <laughs> super crib of a treehouse in those days? Or? Dude, we stayed up in the treehouse. My buddies and, and I, dra- I drugged most of my girlfriends up in there because they were more into girlier things. <laughs> we'll just say that. And I'm like, come on, it's fun. Not in high school. The treehouse was needing a refurb by high school, but uh, high school, I I kind of grew into more of a leadership type of thing that I liked. I liked uh, roles with autonomy, so I was student director of the musical, and I created all the sets, did all the set design and building with the stage crew. That was a big highlight of my high school time. I did, I was editor of the yearbook. You know, so I just, I was always in a role that um, was in charge of stuff, (laughs) pretty much. We're going to really get to the root of why I'm a small business owner even really fast. (laughs) That's, you know, I I feel like, yeah, all makers kind of fit that mold, right? Like, don't want to report to anybody necessarily. Exactly. Yeah. You want like creative freedom or just freedom in general. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, all right. So what about post high school? What'd you do after high school? So after high school, I went to a little Christian college, a grand total of four miles away from home, mostly because my mom was a professor there and tuition was free. <laughs> um but I'm glad I went there because it's where I met my husband and best friend. And I was a biology major. When I first went into college, I was thinking I would be a doctor. I was pre-med. Love the body. I could talk to you for hours about just the design of the human body and and the intricacies of how it all works together. It just blows me away. And then I met a cute boy and got distracted. (laughs) I was like, what's pre-med? That, that's hard. That takes focus. And he has really big dimples. So I can't do that anymore. Um, I did still stay on the biology track and ended up actually doing a special program that allowed me to work in a hybrid OR doing heart catheterizations. So my senior year of college, I actually moved to Fairfax, Virginia to have like a relationship between the college and Inova Fairfax Hospital. And I got basically on the job training as a senior in college, scrubbing in and giving meds to uh, patients who needed stents in their hearts. And that was all incredible. It was a great learning experience. Um, But the certification I had was really only allowed me to do a lot in, in the state of Virginia. And we wanted to come back home to Pittsburgh. So that's what led me to nursing school. And nursing school took two years. I had just finished in 2016. Um, And after we had our second baby, I only wanted to go back part-time to work. And as you know, there's a nursing shortage, especially now, but um, there always has been. And they didn't want me to only come back part-time. So I had to leave that job which left me at home with two children, two wonderful angelic children. Um, And it was then, so this would be like summer of 2017 that I really started getting an itch and a need 
to do something just for me. Yeah, so how old were your kids at that time? At that time, I would have had like a six-month-old and a four-year-old, mm -hmm. boy and a girl. Yeah, life is real during those uh, <laughs> yeah, those ages. Yeah, everywhere. <laughs> and I mean, my son ate a turd at one point, his own, thankfully, at least. <laughs> and you know you're breastfeeding mm -hmm. or bottle feeding or whatever, but you're not sleeping and it just begins to feel really draining. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah. So what did you, I mean, you got the itch to do something just for you, but like, what was it? Was it right away woodworking or like, what was it that you started doing at first? I mean, I think, my entire life, I've always been involved in the creative space. I've made a lot of things for a lot of people, just as like a hobbyist or a crafter. Always um, found myself working on a project and truly feeling myself actually escape from the troubles of this world. Um, <clears throat> but when our daughter was six months old and I was beginning to lose my mind, <laughs> I burned myself on the crock pot one day and it made me think like, why is there not like, why are crock pots hot on the outside? This is dangerous. And so I actually was motivated to try to invent something to solve that problem. I went nuts. I read like four books in one week, all about like licensing deals and manufacturing. And I was like, where's Lori Grenier from Shark Tank when I need her? Um, I read her book. And it just kind of, long story short, that my idea was already patented, <laughs> but uh, it ignited in me this desire to learn and figure things out and troubleshoot. And I had had too many experiences in the past before, a lot of experiences where I had dreams and I had ideas and I wrote them down in the pages of my journals and they never left the pages. That is where they lived, which did they really live at all? And I guess I just kind of through this idea that I could invent something, whatever happened in me, it just ignited a spark that could not be uh, satiated, if you will. Like I just had to keep learning. I had to keep trying. I was no longer scared of not knowing how to do things. I just was okay. I call it being friends with failure. And so that's where my journey kind of started with being okay with not knowing how to do something and just figuring it out and pushing on because it, it just made me realize how happy it made me mm -hmm. and that it was just for me and no one else. And so that kind of ignited <clears throat> that maker spark in me. But it wasn't until uh, winter, like 2018, going into 2019, that I began to be like, I'm going to start like a sole prop legal entity, and I'm going to go for this. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so, so there's a bit of time gap there, right? So 2017, figuring yeah. out like... You need to do something for yourself, um, wanting it to be in this creative space, and then going to your own business. So help me bridge yeah. the gap there. Like, did you start making stuff and then thought, okay, I can make this into a business? Or, um, I mean, what sparked the idea for it to be like a business versus just like something you're doing for yourself at home? Uh, well, part of that bridge is Abby, our darling daughter, refused to sleep for the first year of her life. <laughs> and I honestly was kind of losing it. <laughs> um, and then, so fast forward about a year later, I guess I just finally let that spark grow into a fire under my butt. I was like, okay, I got to move. I got to do, I got to research. I didn't know what I was going to, I honestly had Katie Listen, Katie, <laughs> I had no 
plan. So if you're listening and you're a business person, just shut it off right now because you're going to be disappointed. I refuse to write a business plan. I just had to start. So I started with researching wood burning kits, like $29.99. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. I'm going to burn something decorative and I'm going to try to sell it. But then I was like, well, I don't know. I don't know if I'll be great at that. So I'm going to start researching CNCs. Um, and then that didn't take long for me to feel like, oh gosh, I am not an engineer. I don't feel like I could, like if it broke, I don't even know if I'd be able to build it. Uh, my friend, Leah Curry, she has a business in the Pittsburgh area called Keystone Steel Co. She has a, a plasma CNC. So she cuts steel, decorative things, and sells them, and she's doing awesome. So she basically uh, served as a mentor friend to me. I have loved, I had loved seeing her stuff online forever. And I finally, we went to college together, but she was two years behind me. And so we didn't really cross paths. Um, But even like messaging her and asking her opinion at that time was scary. And, but it was, like I said, it was the beginning of getting over scary things and just starting. So I messaged her and just asked what it was like to be a business owner. And that snowballed into, should I buy a $20,000 laser? (laughs) And she was like, yes, for sure. (laughs) The only thing she ever said, we never talked about anything else. Um, So she, she just did a lot of solid advising in my life and Uh, giving a realistic perspective for what it's like to be a business owner. And um, honestly, the most transparent part of the story is just that I prayed about it Um, because it was terrifying. But for some reason, I ended up my research on lasers and it just felt like something I was supposed to do. And so I bought a $20,000 laser with all the money right up front and just took a giant leap of faith. Had no idea what I was doing. I bought graphic design software and in the eight weeks it took for the laser to show up, I taught myself graphic design or at least enough to get going, you know. And it's just been a massive learning curve ever since. So that was March 2019 that I started the business. Okay. Um, first I want to say you are not alone in the whole business plan thing. Yeah, I refuse. <laughs> I was like, if I sit down and write a business plan, I am never going to do this. So I needed to just like, just go and do it. Yeah. Um, and I just still don't have a business plan. Sometimes to, <laughs> sometimes to the chagrin of my wife, who's like, we really need to have a business plan. So I know where things are going. I'm like, eh, it's fine. Progress. You know That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Especially since pretty much every year I'm, I change directions, so it's uh, kind of have to though. You have yeah. to be a little bit fluid to see what the market does. Exactly. Um, okay, so you landed on laser. That's just like <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know they existed until like this is. I find it. I just find that amusing because to me, I'd be like, man. A laser sounds like a lot more difficult to learn than CNC, but I don't know. So. <laughs> I still don't have a CNC, so I can't compare it to anything. <laughs> <laughs> the laser itself, super user-friendly. I have an Epilogue laser, and they're made in Golden, Colorado, so they have a great, great tech support. They came to my house and demoed it for me. Um it was the graphic design software that was a beast for me. Yeah. Personally. Yeah. I can see that. Um, what soft, do they have their own version of software with it or is it like a they, Adobe you thing? Use, you can use Adobe with it for sure, but they recommend CorelDRAW. Yeah. I don't familiar. think most people yeah. have heard of, but I think it, it works really well with their um, print driver and stuff. So but there's not many YouTube videos out there for how to use CorelDRAW. It must be 
antiquated or something. I don't know. But well, to me, that sounds like a business opportunity for you right there. Make some YouTube videos. <laughs> I thought about that. <laughs> Not sure how many people are buying that software though. <laughs> um, all right. So okay, you said March 2019. Yeah. So you've been doing it now for a little over a year. Yeah. Um how do you feel about that learning curve? Like, where do you feel like you're at amongst that learning curve? Uh, honestly, I've learned a ton. And most of it stems from that uh, intentional decision to stop being scared to just say yes to things. So if I didn't know how to do something, but someone said, can you do this? I'm like, yes. And just to be clear, not yet, but yes. <laughs> When's your need by date? <laughs> um, so I've learned a ton and I honestly have to thank the vast majority of people who just ordered stuff and just had desires because that forced me to figure that out. So let's talk about that a little bit. So there's definitely a big difference between like, okay, I'm going to be a business. I'm going to buy a $20,000 laser. You have to have customers to help pay back that $20,000 laser. So how does, like, how? How, are you, how do you get business? How do you, you know, uh, do all that good stuff? Yeah, yeah it was really kind of reckless <laughs> when you say it like that, Katie. Thank you so much. Oh, man. Uh, I think... The nursery sign craze was really hot and still is. Um, but I always imagined I'd be doing a lot of decorative signs with 3D lettering. As soon as I got the laser, I was like, oh, that's just, that's the most basic thing this laser could do. Um, and ultimately, I'll do whatever people want to pay me for. <laughs> um, and so I think I was able to grow partially because I live in a small town, a loyal small town. So the town of New Brighton has supplied me with um, like a local church helping me by having me do their interior signage, um, businesses signage inside. So things I didn't really um, imagine doing because I this all started as like a creative venture. I really needed something creative. So doing like ADA signs in a business office. <laughs> doesn't like fuel my creative fire but as it turns out transferring money into my bank account really does <laughs> so it's been a really nice balance of like creative things but also just wholesale b2b type stuff um and thankfully 11 months the first 11 months the business was born which was just two months ago um i hit 21k so I paid off the laser or recouped my money. So now I can just start being in the profit. So that's nice. fun. <laughs> yeah, that is super fun. So, okay, so I do, I want to, you know, push a little bit more on this. So awesome that you're, I mean, that you're finding this work in your community. Um, but how did you get the word out that, like, this was something oh, yeah. you were going to be doing, you know? You did ask that and I failed to answer because I'm an artist and I lack focus. <laughs> um, honestly, I said, I'm going to start. I had a personal Instagram page and I decided to make a business one just to offer some separation there. And I honestly thought I'd just be sharing what I was working on more for a community aspect than anything else. I never wanted to have like a salesy page too salesy anyways because I I'm but that's it Instagram is it I have a I own a domain name thank you GoDaddy uh I haven't done anything with it I haven't built a website I'm not on Etsy it is sheer like word of mouth around the small town learning how to use hashtags and trying to play the algorithm as best I can and really like first and foremost just getting to know the Instagram community and actually caring about them has just broadened the people who are following me. And then I somehow get sales. <laughs> hey makers, this week's sponsor is Wagner Spray Tech. 
I love using Wagner's whole line of control spray sprayers. Specifically, I have the Control Spray 250, and it's perfect for staining and for finishing small to medium-sized projects. Um, I've used it for a couple already this year in my garage, getting ready for summer when it can be outside. So it's perfect for those outdoor stains, for doing projects like fences, railings, furniture, trim work, keeps the mess down, has simple adjustments, can spray transparent or solid stains, lacquers, any kind of furniture paint you can think of with speed and efficiency. It can apply stain on an 8x10 area in less than two minutes. It's lightweight, compact, easy to use, uh, has different spray patterns on the nozzle, different pattern adjustment. Trust me, you will not be sorry if you check out the Control Spray 250 or any of the line of Control Spray series by Wagner Spray Tech. So go ahead, go check out Wagner Spray Tech at wagnerspraytech.com or follow them along in a, on any social at Wagner Spray Tech. All right, let's get back to the episode. Hashtag business plan. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, I, that's, that's good though. So I, okay, I'm going to dive into the hashtagging now. Okay. And not hashtag business plan, but hashtagging, um, when you, when you said, you know, learning about the community and stuff, like I've had this conversation with other small business owners and kind of talking about like the importance of doing something like local hashtags and stuff like that so that your community locally can find you and kind of get that word of mouth growing is that i mean are you doing that more are you broadening like uh, how much is word of mouth like community wise and then like how much are you getting kind of out outside of your you know local community i would say the majority of my business is not actually in my community Okay. Which I find interesting. Mm -hmm. um, with local schools, those will be big orders for like uh, teacher appreciation gifts. Um, I just did 116 wooden tassels for senior gifts because um, the laser can just engrave the birch and cut it out and it's done. Um, and then, so I do use Pittsburgh hashtags. I try to tag like local Pittsburgh shops. I'm not selling any wholesale to local shops right now, but I kind of want to explore that. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure if that answers your question entirely. It, it does. I mean, I guess that's what I was curious about is like, you know, <clears throat> if how you're posting your information, like the kind of, I don't, it, I don't want to call it gaming the system, but I think people understand when I say it like that, mm -hmm. that, you know, how you place tags or how you place hashtags helps you gain visibility to the right type of people. Yeah, I think, um, like, for instance, I did a wholesale order of customized journals to uh, the realtor group, and they were in... Uh, shoot, I forget what the town name is called. It's such a great town name, too. It's in Indiana. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, Stephanie's going to kill me for that one. But <laughs> she is from Pittsburgh originally. So she saw something on a Pittsburgh hashtag. And even though she has moved out to Indiana, she still feels this loyalty to the Pittsburgh mm -hmm. area. And I think it's... Somewhat based upon the fact that the region surrounding Pittsburgh has kind of been seen as a blue collar area, steel workers, factory workers, like never a huge income area. So I think she just felt a loyalty to kind of shop small for the sake of Pittsburgh. So mm -hmm. that's pretty cool to see the reach right. um, in that regard. But in just in like directly related to engagement, I mean, my, I have been engaging with this account, Stated Woods. His name is Nick. He's my buddy. We just did the Maker Collab 2020 together. We just met randomly through Instagram. And 
there's just, there was just a spark of friendship there. So, um, in getting to know him, I got to know his sister who owns a leather goods store in North Carolina. So I have been doing some work with leather for her store and she wholesales to eight stores or seven or eight stores. So, um, even just through relationships, I've gotten referrals, which mm-hmm. helped me grow my business. So that's been very rewarding to see that. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So <clears throat> besides the laser, are you working with um, other tools as well? Or is that like predominantly all laser work? The laser is what makes the money. Uh, for me anyways, cause I am still a, very much a novice woodworker, but honestly started this all wanting to do more woodworking. Cause that's what really, that's what I really enjoy is being out in the garage and making something out of separate little things, something bigger. I love the idea of, uh, I love that idea. Just the culmination of small things making one bigger thing. So I love the process. Like woodworking is so forgiving because everybody makes a ton of mistakes and there's always a way to like fix your mistake when you're woodworking, it seems like. And I make a lot. So I know. <laughs> but yeah, like my neighbor just gave me a bandsaw that he wasn't using anymore. So now I have a bandsaw to go with my little benchtop joiner and I have a benchtop planer. I'm really trying to get organized out there because a big dream that I have would be to make bigger furniture one day. I made a console for our TV last or two summers ago now, and I designed it and I drew up the plans and I made my own cut list. And it was just so satisfying to build that. And it mm-hmm. sucks, Katie. It sucks. <laughs> Give me your all. Like, I didn't know anything about wood movement. I, that was pre-jointer and pre-planer. Um, I use probably soaking wet wood from Home Depot. <laughs> like I didn't have a moisture meter then. I just built what I could with what I had, how I knew best. And I think that's, if I can offer any message to any listening ears today, that's it. You just do your best with what you have when you can mm-hmm. and grow from there. Yeah, no, that's, that's exactly it. And and I always say too, like, even people who have been woodworking and are true, like, fine woodworkers and been doing it for, you know, 30, 40 years or whatever, they still make mistakes. Mm-hmm. They're just way better at knowing how to hide them. Like, yeah. <laughs> because they've been doing it longer, right? Sure. So. <laughs> so true. Uh, um, all right. So since that's kind of like something you're dreaming about right the bigger furniture pieces like I know you have a list somewhere of tools that you just want to have so what's kind of at the top of the list for for the dream tools (laughs) I really want that big old powermatic jointer with the helical head like a nice that would be crazy cool and then I of course have my eyes on a Laguna bandsaw um my dad, I wish my dad would buy these tools. My dad has his, a really nice workshop at his house, and they're just two miles up the road. And I've watched him do amazing carpentry, woodworking my entire life. So he's a big inspiration for why I want to keep learning and uh, do more with furniture building. But, um, yeah, Dad, can you just buy these tools and put them in your shop, and then I'll be up. Uh, yeah so that was gonna lead me to ask I mean is that kind of like your secondary workspace do you get to uh run up there and use some tools when you need to I haven't I haven't yet we just finished building this shop this past winter so he is currently fussing with the design and the layout he just hung cabinets and finished painting and everything so I hope I hope that we can really start doing work up there together. That would be really special. Do you think there's a chance for a father-daughter 
woodworking uh, business? It's always in my head. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's in his, but he just entered retirement just now. Um, so that would be really, he just, he's a wealth of knowledge. Uh, but he is also like the king of uh, redneck ingenuity. So it's a really fun balance because <laughs> he knows how to make, he knows how to be that fine, fine craftsman. Mm-hmm. Beautiful furniture all throughout their home that he's built. But he'll also jammy rig something kind of dangerous <laughs> to just make it work. I kind of love that about him because that's life. Like sometimes it looks good and it's clean. And other times it's just messy and good enough and a fine balance of the two is good to have. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, I mean, how old are your kids now? They are... Ogan, let me think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Ogan is seven, seven and a half, and Abigail is three. Okay. All right. Yeah. So you're definitely super I mean super active now um with those age groups so how do you how do you manage being an active mom and you're making things and you're running a business how do you how do you do all that at the same time the answer to that Katie would be coffee (laughs) lots of coffee at least you said coffee and not something like cocaine, because I was a little bit worried that I like. <laughs> I thought about saying drugs. <laughs> and then I was going to clarify because coffee is kind of a drug. It is. It is. <laughs> coffee. No, uh, honestly, couldn't do it without my husband. He is stay-at-home dad right now while I work full time. Um, he's a strength coach and a soccer coach, but in between jobs right now because of the state of the world. And he has embraced being a stay-at-home dad. So that really allows me to get after my dream right now. So that's huge. But also just when you own your own business, you can work where, whenever you want. And so if I have to get up at 5.30, I have to get up at 5.30. And if I have to put the kids in bed and work from 8 to midnight, that's what I have to do. Um, so honestly, I guess adopting a new, uh, a new type of hustle. Because I, it's weird now that Logan's home since he's not in school. But I used to try to cut off at 3.30 every day, which was bus time. Mm-hmm. So that we could have like dedicated homework, hangout, dinner time. And then I would get back at it when they went to bed. But now that they're home all the time, it's a little trickier because he doesn't understand that I can't just play all the time. <laughs> um, but yeah, still have the flexibility to, because the laser's in the basement, and then the wood shops is obviously out in the garage, so I kind of run all over the place, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to build a quick tower, and then I'm going to uh, laser up some Yetis, and then we're going to play shoots and ladders, and then I'm going <laughs> to, so, uh, but honestly, my husband, yeah, carries a lot of weight in that department for now, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's great that you can have that right now. Um, yeah. Can we switch places? Totally, totally kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, I've been, I think I'm adopting my schedules more like weekends right now. That's when I, um, get work done. Uh, cause yeah, both kids are home full time, of course, right now. How old are your kids? Um, my oldest will be seven next month. And then my, my youngest is uh, just turned four in January. So pretty close. Yeah. Very similar age group. Yeah. Um, I wish we could just get like hamster wheels, like human sized hamster wheels. Cause that's what (laughs) a seven year old really needs. (laughs) Exactly. Run off some energy. Exactly. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Um, What is your favorite part about being a maker? Oh, man. Favorite thing about being a maker? Is that different than favorite thing about being a business owner? You could make it the same thing. That is totally fine. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, because autonomy really is huge for me. Um, 
when I was a nurse, it was just, um, I was just another cog in the wheel. I only got spoken to if I wasn't doing something right or my paperwork wasn't fast enough or, you know, things weren't charted fast enough. And that really just drained me. And so now having the flexibility to just do life the way I want to do life, which is my family matters to me and I get to call the shots and I get to work when I want to work and I get to play shoots and ladders in the middle of the day if I want to. Um, so I think just the flexibility of being able to have a life where I can honestly devote the time to the places that I want to devote it to is yeah. my favorite part about being a maker. And I, and I realize that that's really a privilege and I have to be prepared that that might not last forever because I mean, if I don't have orders coming in, I don't have work to do and therefore we can't pay our bills. So, right. um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a terrifying and exhilarating way of life for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. What's your favorite part about being a mom? I think the, I think my favorite part about being a mom has to be that it's just like a total excuse to act like a kid again. Because <laughs> that's fair. That's totally fair. Yeah. The best way to play with them is to just get on their level. So, I mean, Nerf gun battles, squirt gun fights. I love scaring my kids. <laughs> like, true, just jumping out at them and scaring the daylights <laughs> out of them. So yeah. true, truly terrifying them is what you're saying. Being a horrible person is my favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. It's just, you know, I don't know. What's your favorite part about being a mom? Um, <laughs> I was, no, I would, I would say, honestly, it's the same, same thing. I was just thinking that, yeah, I was wondering to myself, I'm like, do other moms wrestle with their kids, like, nearly as much as, like, I find myself, like, piled on top of by, <laughs> by both my kids and just, you know, yeah, totally oh, heck yeah. being goofy and, yeah. Yep, for sure. And it's like a free pass to go see kids' movies. You're like, my kid wants to see it, so we have to. I'm That's like, right. <laughs> I've been waiting to see Frozen 2 forever. <laughs> Exactly. Now, um, so you may or may not have any, but I was wondering, have you had any challenges that you felt you've had to face um, being a maker and a business owner in perhaps what's more a male-dominated field? Mm. For sure. Um, I would say not really within the Instagram community part of it because it's clear that it is a male dominated even Instagram community uh but in that regards I think that just is kind of an advantage because we stand out more uh the biggest challenge which hasn't been a big one just an annoying one has been the the going to the store part where you have to go get the lumber and you're pulling down sheets of plywood by yourself, which I'm fully capable of. And there's, there's two different kinds of helpers <laughs> in the store. One is just a genuine man. They're always men. One is just genuine and is like, oh, could you use a hand? I'm like, heck yeah, sure, thanks. The other is, oh, little miss, you got a craft going on today? I'm like, nope. Uh, just running my soul prop as usual, you know, got orders to fill. See, I have steel toed shoes too, sir. <laughs> um, that's, that's really the only time that I encounter. You know, like, it really is something about those Lowe's and Home Depot's store, you know, know. like usually when I ask this question, that's generally the answer I get. Really? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Um, which, you know, maybe I need to just start like DMing them nonstop and say, just listen to the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Right. You would learn so much more. (laughs) Just need to have somebody make a shirt that's like, 
I got this. Yes. Or yeah. <laughs> something. I'm a business owner. Yeah. I'm not just doing a craft. Yep. <laughs> so what are you hoping, and maybe you're already seeing some of this, especially right now with both kids home, what do you want your kids to learn from watching you run your own business and make mm-hmm. things? Oh, um, I think the biggest message I want to send to my kids through this journey is just that you don't have to be a part of the status quo and you should do something that excites you. And obviously you still have to be practical, responsible. You have to make calculated risks. Um, And I also don't want them to do what I'm doing just because I'm doing it, which I think is a tendency for kids to kind of follow in their parents' footsteps. Like, I really want them to find what excites them. And I want to try to nurture that uh, desire that they have. Um, So, yeah, just the whole, like, if it's scary, so what? Go for it. I guess is one of the biggest things I want them to know. It's just in this day and age where you're like, we're expect kind of just expected to go to college. I don't know what my life would have been like without that experience. I definitely don't regret it. But at the same time, at that age, when I was 18, 19 years old, I didn't know exactly what I wanted my life to look like. And I think it's kind of too soon to put that pressure on. 18 year olds yeah I mean I'm willing to say it uh at 38 I'm still not positive what my life is gonna look right like, you know 10 I mean, years I'm down doing the- a podcast in a closet right now so <laughs> I don't know Any, every day is different <laughs> but yeah just like not being never be too scared to go after something you really believe in yeah awesome well we're actually like at the end here I know, (laughs) but I want to give you another chance to uh, shout out where people can find you on all of the interwebs. Yeah, there's really only one spot, guys. Find (laughs) me on Instagram at Oak Hill Millworks. It's a little bit of a mouthful. We'll work on it for the next business. (laughs) Going to be any uh, more maker collaboration uh, contests coming up? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there absolutely will. We had a really good success with this first uh, maker collab, and we intend to do it once a year around the same time of year, February to May. We intend to do it annually and have kind of a different theme each year. And it's always going to be about collaboration. It's always going to be a team thing. If you're not in the same state, you have to ship your stuff to the next partner to work on and that was uh that was the underlying theme is that it had to be all about community making friends doing something out of your comfort zone and ultimately making something just for fun what was the theme this year the theme this year was uh create something that makes you feel like a kid again okay so we had a lot of strong presence in the Nintendo community. I saw that. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, we had a crazy um, showing for a Game Boy, uh, Nintendo, and then we had a massive Game Boy Advance. Those were our top three uh, finalists. And beyond that, we had like a really sweet skateboard. We had a lot of strong showings, stronger than we ever thought. I mean, so this is just Nick and I being like, what would be fun to do? And Nick will tell you, it was his idea. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, we thought maybe we'd get a few teams. We started with 26 teams, which was shocking. Dang, coronavirus kind Mm -hmm. of made that difficult. And we went down to 14 teams, but still, you know, like 36 people all together and we are really looking forward to the Maker Collab 2021. Awesome. I will uh, look for it. I missed the boat this time. I did not see uh, see it to start with. But now that yeah. I'm fo- following you both, hopefully I will see yeah. it next time. I know. Um, awesome. Well, thanks so much for 
taking the time to chat with me today. Yeah. Thanks for making me aware of how messy my closet is. <laughs> I really need to work on this. Unintentional uh, consequence <laughs> of... Better acoustics. <laughs> no, this has been awesome. Thank you, Katie. Yeah, thanks so much. And uh, yeah. All right. Great interview, like I told you. Um, and as always, you can find out how you can follow along with Christy as well as all the other amazing maker moms that have been on the show over on the show notes. And the best way to get there is to follow along with Maker Mom Podcast on Instagram. So that's just at Maker Mom Podcast in Instagram and click the link in the bio and you have a couple options there. One is to go to the show notes, find out more about Christy and all the other amazing maker moms. One will take you to joining the tribe over on Patreon. And then I have a couple around workwear, women's workwear that you can also check out. All right. As always, I hope you have a fantastic weekend. I hope you get to do something fun with your family. Hope you're staying safe and healthy. And one last thing, we do have, we are back on for Fridays in the afternoons for a Zoom meetup, so a virtual maker meetup that will be happening today at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time. And you can also find the link for that Zoom meeting over on Instagram. So yeah, again, at Maker Mom Podcast on Instagram. All right, have a great weekend. Until next week, see you later. Thank you for listening to the Maker Mom podcast. You can connect with the Maker Mom community in the Facebook group page, Maker Moms. And remember, if you enjoyed listening to this episode, please subscribe, leave an awesome review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know.